Blog Talk Radio. Radio Safe Recovery. This is Monica Richardson, and I am your host. Tonight is February 24th, 2021, and we have a couple of weeks before it's been a whole year since this craziness began with COVID. Anyway, so we are going to talk about my film, The 13th Step, and where can this film be seen? It can be seen on Amazon. If you have Amazon Prime, it is free. If not, it's not very much, a couple dollars, I think, to rent it. I think it's also available in the UK's Amazon now. But if around the world, you can see it on Vimeo. And I lowered the price after a little while. I think to one ninety nine is to rent it. And I think four ninety nine to for sale. But anyway, I'm going to bring on my co-host tonight, and let's bring on Sarah. Hi there, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hi, Monica. Thank you. Hi to everyone out there. So uh, I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy for the reason for that, which is to uh, ask you a little bit to interview you about this documentary. Yes, yes, I thought it was a great idea. So, hi there, listeners. Hi there, Fred. He just checked in the chat room. First time I've... um, Yeah, so Sarah asked if she could interview me, and uh, if you want to just begin and say, why did you feel, even after all these years, it's been about four or five years, that you felt this Well, I thought this was, as I was thinking about this tonight, I thought this was kind of cool. I'm Monica's sister, her older sister, two years older, and uh, actually she 12-stepped me into the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. So I was thinking this was cool because what for the first interesting question is, well, I wanted to ask her uh, why it was that she made this film. But I thought this, see, actually, on air here, this is the first time I'm asking her this. When you're, and Monica and I were estranged uh, for many years, but we also um, have been very close uh, uh, as siblings. And... Uh, so um, we have found as we're talking again that in conversation, uh, the conversations are very organic, and uh, mm-hmm. we have memories yep. uh, about alcoholics that are very organic but are filled with um, some very interesting information that we think might be helpful to other people. So in this interview, when I ask you, Monica, like, wh- yeah, what was it? Because I'm familiar with the 13th step. Um, so I first began uh, my journey in Alcoholics Anonymous in 1975. That's a long time ago, you know. I'm certainly familiar right. with the 13th step. But when I right. ask you, and I'm going to, I want to, so we have a lot of different things that we can uh, talk about. And we are going to maybe do some shows where we do that. But for tonight, mm-hmm. I want to keep a focus on Monica and her making of this documentary film which um, I think is really important information, very thought-provoking in many, many ways. And uh, um, once again, I have uh, my own very strong opinion about Alcoholics Anonymous. Those are very different and the same in uh, many ways. But tonight, I want to focus on this documentary and ask you once again the question, and then I'll let you answer. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But, yeah, so but, I, I was thinking about it. Out of all the stuff, out of all the stuff, out of all the stuff related to the 13th step, because it means a lot of things, you know, what was it that got you finally to just go like, uh, you know, I got to I gotta do something. What was it in your life that made you um, start to do something and, and yeah, do so, this documentary? Yeah, so it was very, very clear to me that when Christine and Sandra Cass were murdered in Honolulu, and it was uh, serendipitous that I had lived there. You had lived there, our dad. You know, we were, we had lived there. I was there for eight years. You were there longer. But when Christine and Sandra Cass were murdered, uh, I was really shocked. And I found that out because I was visiting Hawaii doing some kind of, uh, I think I went to some kind of a women-to-woman conference just kind of to feel out. I knew that I was leaving. What year I could was feel that? it a year before. Uh, year I left in 2000, probably 2010. Um, the sometime okay. in the, the early winter of 2010, if that was the time that this conference, it was really awful. I remember going there. But I sat with my friends, Larry and Linda, and there were maybe two other people there. And they, I started talking about safety and, and writing literature and what I was discovering in L.A. And they said, oh, my God. Oh, it was even with Laura, my friend Laura was there with Laura Chapa. And yeah. um, she lived at the church where the the little girl, so uh, Christine is the mom, and Sandra was the daughter who was 13, and uh, this guy, uh, and I forget his name, I used to know all this stuff by heart, but anyway, it doesn't matter, because he was awful, awful guy, and um, he, you know, got his sights on her, and from my understanding, he met her at a meeting outside the Kahala Mall that met outside the Whole Foods there, Sarah, and it was really the murder. So even though I called it the 13th step, I would have never made a film about just that and the sexual harassment. But when I sat there that night, it was pouring rain. We were up in um, Kaimuki at this Thai restaurant upstairs, and it was very, like, moody and rainy and pouring. And they started telling me this horror story about this beautiful A woman who was sober, I don't know, I think eight years or 14 years, but it was significant, and she was a successful, you know, professional woman, and no, she wasn't a hooker, and no, she wasn't some sleaze bag. You know what I mean? Like, everything that would happen. Yeah. And her daughter, yeah. were, he shot and killed them both, and then shot himself. And I said, how the fuck does this happen? And I asked everybody the questions, and I came home, and then I looked it up, and the local news there had reported on it, but they didn't mention AA. And then we yeah. kept following it, and I called the local news, and then what happened is that maybe a week later or two weeks later, they said, red flags missed. You know, so they guess the reporter went out and interviewed her friends and talked to the steppers, you know, the AA members that knew her, who spoke really highly of her, and talked about, you know, that he he was not her boyfriend either. Like, you know, if somebody thinks, oh, that they had this relationship, and oh, he was like stalking her. Even I called her work. Um, I looked everybody up. I called her best friend, who was reluctant to really talk to me, but did. And um, and I was just horrified. Oh, here's the kicker. Well, remember I told happen? you. Remember I told you about that guy. Remember I told you about that guy that I met in the meeting that almost murdered well, wait, 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 me. Wait, wait, wait. Let me let me just finish this. I gotta okay. yeah, let me just finish this, and then we can like you know talk banter back and forth. But that I see in the writing of the story on the news that he was court-ordered to AA by a judge, by the healthcare professionals. And even though I was sober and in AA for 36 years and thought I knew everything, okay, I found out that I did not know everything. I, there's a lot I didn't know about AA and how deep it was that they were court-ordering very right. violent guys, domestic you know, um, offenders, and I was shocked. And then I brought it to my group, and it was – also, the reaction of the area, not my group, my group was horrified. The women of uh, the group I was in were shocked and, and upset and crying. And when we talked about this kind of stuff and very caring women. But when I went to the area meeting, which was like once a month where all the fucking GSRs go right there, you know, like uh, they met on a Sunday morning at nine o'clock, too, because I guess none of them had a fucking life. Right. <laughs> I was like, I think they met on Mother's Day, too. But I brought this up and, it, and women said things. <laughs> They said, they said to me, uh, um, oh, that happens everywhere. And I said, no, it doesn't. They're not court-ordering people to the grocery store or to the Catholic church. They're court-ordering them here. 
and people need to know. And it was that pushback by what I thought were normal people, you know, in their 40s or whatever. The younger people were much more upset about it. You know, the younger women were like, that's wrong. You know, they that new generation, they're not going to take that shit, right? So that's what, that's what did it. And then I, you know, I had to... Yeah, I had to go to take a class at UCLA Extension to learn how to make and, a documentary. And the people now see, and you wouldn't, you would not know that that they are being ordered by the courts unless you were in somehow involved in the court system, right? Right. You would. Right. Not, you see? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we knew that people got sent here way back as far as seventy. Seven or seventy-eight when they brought those military guys from the Marine Corps, right? They brought them to that little NA well, meeting. Yeah, if you see the go. bus outside, I mean, if you see the big bus outside, right? Yeah, they're right. getting bus. Yeah, so they were being that's right. Yeah, way back but then, other, the military. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, if it's if, if it's just if it's a sexual predator or a violent, violent sexual offender, you know, coming individually. Remember that film that was made with Kevin Costner. Um, and I don't oh, know yeah. if he was involved in the production. You know which one I'm talking about. And, you know, I never yeah, can yeah, remember like the title of that film. But you know which one I'm talking about. It opens yep. with him at a 12-step meeting. And what I think is brilliant about it is that he gets to, remember, he's got something like seven years of, quote, sobriety from his serial killing behavior, right? Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. gets through that process. He gets through that process with having a sponsor, right? You know, going yep. through that process in it without them ever knowing what the behavior is, it's, it's it, you know, it's, it says a lot. It's pretty brilliant. You know, yeah, I'm looking it, it up, a lot Mr. Brooks. In terms of what Mr. Brooks. That's what the Mr. Is, Brooks, okay. 2007. It was incredible. So I wonder film. if he was involved in the production of that, or the, if he was director. Yeah, I want to look that yeah. up. Yeah, you know, I wonder I about him. About. He seems because he seems to. I, I don't know, um, but. Even in his new show, uh, Yellowstone, have you seen that? No. It's so good. And, and there's a storyline, one of the characters has a real serious drinking problem. And um, it really becomes a problem. And um, she never goes to rehab. In fact, she just they make it a real point that um, she's not going to rehab, and she's just going to take a break. It's really powerful from, for someone in Hollywood when you watch all these stupid shows where, well, they're not all stupid shows, but when they ruined it with the thread line that everybody has to go to AA, it was so powerful and refreshing for me to watch. So I, I, I like to think that maybe, I don't want to make an assumption, but that maybe he does have an opinion and it's not a great one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, you know, uh, yeah, so, you know, that was the, the beginning. But then the Carla Broda murder happened here in Los Angeles, and I didn't because even hear about because it. Because I'd like to say it, I'd like to, you know, while we're just touching upon this, I'd like to say that I have seen that kind of person in an AA meeting, that type of character that Kevin Costner brought to the forefront, yep. that the, the oh, thing yeah. that you say, the thing that you say spurred you on to make this documentary, which is the, the violent, psychopathic, murder, serial killer type of personality, yep. In the media, oh, yeah. which is the type of person that there is no help for anyway. So, you know, that type of, uh, you know, fellowship help is no good, Mr. Judge, Mr. or Mrs. Judge court system anyway. So they have no business being ordered there at all. So, you know, your documentary brings up a very, very good point. So, Well, um, I think that it really, Kevin uh, knew, but, but Kevin went to a men's stag. Kevin went to a men's stag where there were men who came there that were really shady and um, like really, you know, they looked like they were packing a gun and, uh, you know, and that they were, yeah, they just, we'll leave it at that. But there, when we had, there was a Pacific Regional Service Assembly, um, which was, you know, this big thing with like 500 people and we we got a little room where, they packed like about a hundred of us in there to talk about predators. And it was wild to hear the stories. Uh, They were violent stories. Like there was a meeting um, where somebody came in, this guy kept threatening people. He came in and he pulled out a gun and he held it in his lap. And they were like, they didn't know what to do. It's like, what do you mean you don't know what to do? Like call the fucking police. 
like it was it was it was wild to hear how um they are so trained in those meetings to just sit and tolerate um a lot of bad stuff and they talked about intimidating well, behavior that stuff in my, humble, well really in my humble opinion it, it is the quintessential dysfunction dysfunctional family <laughs> it is the winner yeah. of the race yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well, the biggest you one, know, maybe. I think there's, you know, hard, yeah. hard, hard as they, hard as they try, you know, not to be, uh, they just simply are. So <laughs> that's my, that's my opinion. So, you know, uh, yeah, it's, it's, any cult is, you know, you, but they are the biggest cult. I think they are the biggest um, baby cult. I call them because sometimes, you know, they'll be pushed well, back about that word. Culture, it cultured, Monica. Yep, yep. that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, it was um, that was the beginning, and then I tried to find the husband, um, the ex-husband, who, and I found him in Texas, and um, wrote the letter. But the, he was remarried, and then I found out he was estranged from his beautiful daughter. And I'll tell you, if you look them up online, I mean, I do have their picture in my film. They were she's a beautiful little girl, thirteen, you know, young girl, and uh, and Sandra. I mean, Christine was beautiful woman and the sweet face and um i looked up so i find the father but um he doesn't want to talk to me but i have a petition that i put online oh yeah i forgot about that petition i make a petition on change.org uh to stop the court ordering and he writes something on it this long paragraph about that was my daughter and i was just like horrified and wanted to talk to him and I wasn't even making the film yet, maybe. Uh, I didn't begin yet, but I knew I was going to make one. And it was tragic. And then I met Carla's mother, Yaro and Hector, and Carla was brutally murdered by a guy that she met in a meeting like just four and a half months before she was killed by him. And that's where, from that family, um, Carla's mother did incredible digging and had all of his records. And so he was court-ordered like 55 times over, I don't know, 20 years, uh, you know, to AA instead of go, instead of one one year in jail or go to 52 AA meetings. Which one you're going to pick? And I just and then I found out how corrupt it was. Like that there's judges downtown and important judges downtown who are in AA, and the lawyers in AA. Or if it's not the lawyer, then it's the women in the office and. Uh, you know, they all want to be of service, so they're all just, it's its brutal. Um, so, Fred, Fred, so if, if yeah. there was a way for you to de, to define, once again, it's, the 13th step seems to have a number of, of different meanings, right? But but the the one thread that, that seems to be the, the same color, if we could use that as a metaphor perhaps, is, is, is that there's a, a a predatory element to it, and and on yep. the other hand, a, a vulnerability. So there's a, you know, whether it's whether it's about um, whether it's about but power, a play on power and domination, power. and 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 and, and using the language, play. Sarah. Oh yeah, using the language on somebody. Okay, like. It isn't just about boy meets girl. Like I'm attracted to this guy and this guy. I was pretty young. I was I was really young. I was 18, right? And you were 20. But so I, I might might be attracted to a guy and he's attracted to me. But when the language is not just simply about, oh, you're cute or do you like music. But if that guy starts to use AA lingo on me, like he's a therapist, which he's not, right? We're going to change the dynamic of this relationship. So that now it's not like father-daughter. I wasn't looking for a father, right? But they start to, uh, and this is the part of like, oh, let's read the big book together, right? Um, come over to my place and I'll show you my etchings of Bill Wilson or whatever. Yes, but it's sexual and financial sometimes. You know, many of the women here that I've met when once I was beginning the, the work, a lot of times, the guys had sex with them only a, a little bit, and then it was that they had a job, and the guys would never leave. Like, they were eight years sober and didn't have a job. And so they were 
you know, going to stay with, like this is particularly Callie's story here in L.A., and she's the one who brought me out into the mixed in meetings, men and women meetings, because I kind of stopped going to them. But um, so I would say, yes, the classic, you know, uh, definition is someone who is older, longer time in program, who is preying on you both for sex and sometimes money, and they are using their position and their knowledge of the AA bullshit and spirituality, okay? Like you see that a lot in cults where this whole spiritual thing, and then you're always wrong, Sarah. You know, we're just always wrong, the victim blaming. Um, What's your part in it, Monica? And I really bought into that shit for way too long. But I wised up, you know, and I saw that that was complete horror. Oh, that somehow, suddenly I made a decision based on self, which later placed me in the position to be hurt. I was like, you motherfucker. Bill Wilson was in his 40s, you know, and um, he, they did not mean that for, uh, you know, children or um, child abuse. They didn't mean it for any of that. And uh, it got very distorted over the years. And that's, I got off on a tangent there, but... um, that the 13th step is predatory, and they use all those things. You said power, and they use spirituality to play the game. You know, it's interesting. I just thought of something I had never thought of before that perhaps um, is it might be um, just specific to AA um, that none of the other cults have, which is that it created, like, each person could be like a mini, a mini power station. Like like every cult had a leader that um, that the people looked up to, right? And had to mm-hmm. kind of um, uh, you know emulate or imitate, right? And, yep, that's uh, a good but, point. And um, but and what AA did with that um, uh, what was the phrase again? the God of your own understanding thing um, mm-hmm. made like each, you know, I, oh, I just kind of lost the train of thought and I, I forgot we're on radio too. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, well, we are. But I created like each person was in and of itself, you know, each sponsor. That's what I'm trying to yep. say. Not each person. Yes, yes. That's a very good point. Created yeah, very sponsors good point. that were so. So remember, like, like in in um, on the on the West Coast, there was a guy named Clancy who had lots oh, of yeah. followers, lots of, um, you know, in in Hawaii there were certain people who attracted. Maybe they had, you know, twenty five followers, you know, or sponsees they called them. Right. They even called That's them right. babies in some place in some uh, yeah. places, yeah. and I'm sure in other parts of the country. In the other parts of the world, like I think in in uh, Europe, they call them newbie, newbies, you know. Um, and but, but you know, certain people with certain personalities, you know, who were people who were, you know, sometimes I used to sit there, Monica, and certain people were really, really funny. I thought to myself, you know, these people could have been like stand-up comedians, like in them, mm-hmm. you know, if they had their mm-hmm. shit together, you know, in other lifetimes, right. or or it was almost like, you know. God created them just to do this to keep us because like sometimes it was like that's what kept me there was it was funny these meetings were funny some of these people were funny not everybody was mm-hmm. but the people who were like that who had this charisma those yeah. were the people who attracted right. these right. followings right and yeah. not and not all religions were like that most in most religions there was only one persona that did that and then the church gathered around that one persona Right. Or not. You know, I this know. is a very good point that a lot of people, when we talk about this, about AA not having, like, you know, that Bill Wilson is dead and stuff, but I've never seen anyone write it or say it like this. And this is one of the key points that you're making, how it continues to stay like so big and keep going. Where's that engine? Like that you mm-hmm. called it a being a mini power station you actually use that word and uh that that is the component that is so fucking crazy and that yeah there's people who have 25 like i knew a woman and clancy thank god clancy finally died here um uh and but he started other meetings and then there were other guys who like announced that 
you know, they self-appointed themselves that they were a Pacific group, you know, uh, what did they even call it? Like the Clancy, the Pacific group had like, oh, yeah, he was my grand sponsor. I'll never forget when I heard that here. I said, what are you talking about? And they said, well, well you that's know. That's a Masonic he, term. It, oh, is it? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, see, what, ha- what else occurred to me with the, with the little sub- mini substations is um, I noticed in the uh, promo that you did on Facebook that you talked about, um, see, that there's lack of responsibility then. No one has to take full responsibility. Alcoholics Anonymous will not take responsibility for anything that mm-hmm. goes on in mm-hmm. the little subgroups. Group right. is autonomous. Yeah. But okay. it's really not. So if if you and I like, I guess you could really prove it. And I, I I wanted to be a disruptor. Like I really at one point wanted to be a disruptor, but I couldn't get enough people like to be a disruptor with me. Where we would go to meetings, we would decide the day. But there is enough of us out there now, right? We'd go to a meeting, pick a meeting, a mixed meeting, check it out, and then we're all going to go the same day. And everything that they say, you're going to disrupt it. You're going to stand and say, oh, that's a lie. You know, oh, come on, like that's total bullshit. Like there is a meeting like that here in West Hollywood where you can yell out, and I did go to it, and it was pretty fun to yell out that way. (laughs) It was really funny. But um, if we all did that, you could really disrupt it. Like so they say, oh, you can have any, you know, you can do whatever you want, and you can believe all this, but no, no, no. If I started a meeting and said we are not reading the book, we're not going to say those steps. You're not going to give your name. You're not going to call yourself. This is going to be an AA meeting, and I'm changing AA right now, and this is the way it's going to be, right? And then other people heard about it, and they were like, oh, we like this new version. And then someone, some old lady would come with her 40 years and say, you can't do this, right? You can't be in the, uh, in the directory because you're changing AA, right? So there, there really are rules. There are a lot of unspoken rules and spoken rules. There's there's like a pamphlet that tells you how to have a meeting, what you should be doing. There. Oh, they're all suggestions, though. No, they're not, right? No, they're not. I don't think they're – I don't get that they're suggestions. I get that they're, you know, they're, they're rules, and they they follow those Robert's Rules of or, Order. And, uh, right. you know, hold on. Yeah. Oh, they're, a lot of rules. There's some like so many musts, you know. I counted them. It's like – I don't know, 55 must or something, and oh, that you must do this and you must do that. And um, I think that was in the, the 12 and 12. But good point. Good point so about the power stations. If if you were to if you were to uh, what what is the next step that you want to take with this? Do you think? Do you want to give this more visibility or do you want to extend it more? I think you should make it more easily available. That's my personal opinion on it. What, the film? Yes. Yeah, by, by putting it on YouTube for free? Yes. Yeah, I, ha- I did think about it during the pandemic. And um, it was something that I did think about and then I you know, forgot about it. But I do think that I'd have to talk to my lawyer, but um, I think it, if it's mine, I own oh, it, right? Well, I mean, oh, well, 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 actually, yeah, actually, I have distribution I, 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 with I, I, Amazon. I would, I would suggest you. I would suggest you listen to your lawyer about me. Yeah, yeah, of course. No, <laughs> no, of definitely. course, of course. And I think when I I thought about was Amazon, which I really doubt that they care, but um, they might, and so I would have to just ask him. You know, like, does it matter? Because it's not about money. They pay me pennies. You know, the the algorithm changed like I don't know a year or a year and a half ago, where they they made they changed how they paid all of us, and it went from you know kind of a nice amount to a very very low amount. And um, but I would have to ask that question. And if it was not a problem, then I would do it because then more people could see it. And what do I want? Well, I mean, there so there's some things that I've continued to work on, which is the forcing of pilots and nurses and doctors, and I've connected more with um, pilots, a group of pilots that are being sent, and then they'll sent forever. And then more recently, um, some lawyers have contacted me 
um, about the suing of Alcoholics Anonymous and the making of them uh, in a large, you know, like, you know, really making them accountable for uh, what's going on with people who are still getting raped and 13-stepped and battered and um, more than harassed, stalking, uh, terrorizing, and going back to a meeting where people are, um, you know, telling the person what's your part in it and making them feel like it's their fault. And that's still going on all across the country. And actually a lot all across the United, I mean, the world, I should say, the world. Australia is bad. Um, Iceland is bad. Uh, the U.K. is terrible. AA really got into Sweden in the 70s. It's really bad there, the predation, 13-stepping. Uh, because I've met people from, they find me all over the world. And it, maybe there's not China and maybe not, you know, Russia. But there's a lot of places where this stuff is still happening. And because of the pandemic, everybody went on to Zoom. A lot of people found out they didn't need to go to meetings. And they were just fine. And they got sick of Zoom. And then, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, meetings are meeting again all over the place again. But um, So what I want is I would like – I haven't stopped with the fact that I want AA to tell the courts that, that they cannot um, court order violent and sex offenders there. They, they need to make a special place like Mothers Against Drunk Driving has when you get a DUI. They go down to some public – maybe the health department. They fill the room with, like, but all the DUI people, and you bring in um, an AA – person and you bring in a smart recovery person and maybe you bring in a um, a person who teaches moderation and maybe someone who does psilocybin, I don't know, and you let them all say, these are the options out there, and uh, there you go. But you don't just dump them into meetings. And the other thing I want them to do is talk to the FAA and all the unions and the airlines and tell them you cannot force pilots to meetings forever. And it's extortion or else they're not going to fly. So I guess those are my two, the 13-stepping and the harassment. Well, there's something there, too, that I don't – there's, like, a lot of people who I think will finally speak out. And um, I just could, never really found the right lawyer to do it because, you know, honestly, the lawyers who were fighting that sexual abuse fight with the church, well, yeah. one of them is a member. He's, a, he's an AA member of, like, 30 years now. Wow. And it doesn't mean he w- wouldn't flip either one day. And say, oh my God, this is going on in AA. I've been working on this. I don't know. And they, or the Boy Scouts, or any abuse. There's other lawyers besides this guy, but it's become very popular because the statutes were changed and the statute of limitations. So I would like to see a class action lawsuit against AA um, about that, about especially when it's criminal, you know. And um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. See, yeah. I, I'm really radical about See, I don't think that AA should be court-ordered at all. So I'm really radical about that. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sitting back so that I don't, you know, go overboard with that. Well, I think that. it shouldn't be either. No, I agree with you. Not, I, mean, I don't think somebody should all. be sent there at all. At I'm all. Like, it should be completely mm-hmm. off the table. And, and, but my reasons why, <clears throat> excuse me. However, um, since... Since that's such a huge uh, banana to peel, so to speak, um, you know, what you're proposing about that they at least stop with the sex offenders, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that, that be, you know, that we make such a big noise about that, you know, and get some attention and that, you know, your, your documentary, you know, gets some attention, you know, that 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 be made visible, more visible, and right away, you know, to get some attention, um, you know, that you propose some good uh, compromises right away, you know, since the other banana is such a huge one to peel. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I want an ad campaign, you know, like these stupid ones about vaping. Well, let's make it a bill- right. billboards and radio right. and, and, and mainstream news right. that AA has sex offenders in it that are going in there to – that it, it warning sign. Right, like yeah. cigarettes, okay, that, you know, you better beware, yeah. beware, and maybe don't go to um, yeah. those meetings with and, men and women. Right, and so, like, in this conversation, you know, uh, you know, there, I know there are, you know, there are people who have, um, you know, witnessed, like you and I did, you and I were, I was, I was 19, you know, you were 17 when we first got to AA and NA, you know, 
<laughs> roaming around, you know, and then all those years, you know, you're young, you, uh, you want to have a good time. We, we were partying, partying, so to speak, only without the substances, you know, through all those years, the late seventies and the eighties, you know, it wasn't like we were not having a good time. So, you know, how were we dealing with that? And there were a lot of older people and actually, you and I were in Honolulu. That's a place where a lot of tourists come through. What was the reality of those days? Well, you know, come on. There's lots of stories. We have a lot of stories I could be telling right now, you know? And I'm sure there's lots of other women out there and men who could be telling stories. And they ended up in murder, okay? That's what we're talking about here, though. They, you know, mm-hmm. some of them ended up in murder, and the world has gotten even more dangerous, more scarier. So that's what that's what we're talking about here. That's how I see it. Yeah, I see and it. I want to bring up the gay meetings because when I said men and women in meetings, so there are really, really bad predators in those gay meetings, both women, gay meetings, and men. And that is a really sick world where... The stories that I was told, my experience with bisexual men, even in Honolulu, are really, really gross. The type of predatory behavior uh, that I experienced. And then women. I remember Mary Lake, this uh, lesbian woman, wanted me to come work at the um, at her printing shop up in Kaimuki again. There I was up in Kaimuki, comes up again. And she found out that this lady wanted me to sleep over. I remember calling, and I didn't have a car. Yeah. And, you know, they were all really predatory. And I know stories of people in Hollywood um, in the gay women's meetings and the gay guys' meetings where there's some really famous people that have been using their their fame and their star power to sleep with whoever they want in those AA meetings. Um, so I'm, I'm speaking now kind of directly to the listener that when I said that, I just really want to cover all bases because it happens in all the rooms. And maybe the least would be when you're in a, a straight heterosexual meeting where, yeah, and there was, maybe might be some gay me, me, women, but there's no hitting on anybody, right? People respect each other, and they're respectful, and, um, and there's none of that. But if you have somebody in that group who's a predator, uh, it can happen anywhere. But the thing that I we didn't, this last part was very shocking to me that an ex trustee told me that that the gay no I'm sorry um the guys in prison um they make fun of aa women and they actually go to aa to prey on them and they said they're e- easier than picking up women in a bar and they are more vulnerable and they're less they're not willing to, I think I mentioned this in the video today um because I found it to be one of the most upsetting things about it, that they were very focused, like the Kevin Costner, when you think about that movie, like how psycho is that? You're going to go to an AA meeting uh, to pick them up to because they're going to be less chance. Oh, and the grooming. Let me not forget the grooming that goes on with old-timer women, with the, one of the rape cases that I, I got to know a woman really well who I went to her trial, her rape trial, and man... She was sober plenty of years. He had 20, I think she was sober eight years, 40 years old. She wasn't young pups like we were, Sarah. You know what I mean? She was a full grown-ass woman who taught kindergarten. Beautiful, sweet, but groomed. And many of the other stories, they, they don't do it right away. They, got to, they get to know the women who are nice and older, and not older, but, but you know, like a mature, not, not kids, not teenagers, not young twenty something. Uh, oh yeah, no. Here, here's one in the eighties in Honolulu. Some guy who knew one of the guys from the one of the guys from the Clancy group used to tell like this, he was so he he was from the Clancy group. He had a subgroup. He was a sponsor mm-hmm. of you know in the group who had a lot of guys, and he used to tell his guys. He you know how the guys used to have to go on a fast and not have sex with anybody when they were in a, in in uh, Clancy's group for 90 days, and then he yeah. used to tell him to go to the to go to the OA because OA was real big in Southern California. To go to the OA because fat women were easy. 
to get laid oh my after the God. 90 days. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, yeah. I heard that from a woman in my old home group in um, Culver City, that there was a guy who was a known, that's horrible, he was a known predator in AA, but then everybody got his number, you know what I mean? And so then he went to OA. Yeah. It was a big hero there, I guess, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, oh, we could go to. You know what we like could do, Sarah? We could go to an OA meeting. No, let's go to an OA meeting in San, in San Diego and see <laughs> if we see one of those guys. We could pull him aside and give, talk to him and say, "Hey, what's your number, man? What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you doing I in this meeting?" Do I, don't, I don't know if they're doing it anymore, and I don't know what you know if what's going on with them with the meetings. I guess they're meeting. Yeah, they're me- they're meeting again. I see them even in. Culver City, or there's a few places. I, not, I don't see a lot, but there. Because you think about the age, right? There's a lot of older, older people. But I even know that because there's a guy who's in one of my Facebook groups called Pro AA versus AA Critical, and so there's people who are very much in AA who like to debate with us, who, people who've left it. And, and I'm sure, sure I'm sure each group I'm sure each group feels and would swear that they are safe. But you see, that's the thing about every family, every dysfunctional family who had um, sexual abuse going on within it would would swear that. I'm sure they would swear that they were not doing anything wrong. Anyone who experienced that and grew up in it, that's what they grew up with. They grew up with. That that um that behavior what's it called again <laughs> cognitive dissonance because yeah. you grew up in a house where you had to deal with pretending that there was something going on that wasn't going on or something that was going on you had to pretend it wasn't going on <laughs> that's what I'm saying yeah. that's right yeah there you go that's it you see so most people who are in the program are there because they're not all there see something was kind of wounded something askew. So we're we're kind of crazy to expect that that should be functioning at a fully functional level anyway, don't you think? If you think about it, right? Well, really. You know, but I did. You know, not so much. Maybe in the years in in Hawaii, I met there were more men, I think, than there were some women very straight laced. You know, remember Dottie? She like worked at the chart house, and she wound up going out with Vic. You know. Vic with his Cadillac, those guy people who went to the meeting on Monday nights on in Wilder. In the beginning, the early, you mean the early days, early, like the, early days. the very first then, in there. Yeah, and then there yeah. were people I met here, um, and then people when I left. So these were more like regular guys who were very successful men. A lot of them never bought into like all the stuff we bought into, or I should say me, I'll just own it for me, that, you know, the stuff I bought into um, – that they just went to meetings. They didn't get a sponsor. They didn't work the steps. They didn't read the book. And they just used the fellowship um, and, and going to meetings and talking and hanging out and smoking cigarettes outside. And those men were like, so they didn't get as brainwashed because they didn't buy into it. And so I did meet a number of people that just had, you know, you talk about chronic, you know, stockbrokers and they had habitual drinking problems and they drinking too much and needed to quit. And there were those group of people. And, you know, I mean, uh, yeah. But there are a lot of people who come from really harsh backgrounds, and, you know, there they are. And like you and I, I remember, remember that time we used to go to that Saturday night meeting? I'm so glad I had a sponsor who told me to stop going to it. Um, She said, don't go to that meeting. She said, go to the movies. Go enjoy yourself on a Saturday night. But we would stand in the back. Remember that Which guy, one? Jerry, who drove the, the Volkswagen Bug, that creepy guy? Which, no, which, which meeting? Which one? Saturday well, night? Which one? Very early on, it was the Saturday night Kapahula Library meeting, and you called them psychic vampires. Oh, I hated that you meeting. Oh. Them, like looking at you and, and he asked if you needed a ride. We're like, no thanks. Like, I needed a ride, I but I was like, meeting. no thanks. And I told yeah. I remember telling Mary about him, and she said, yeah, just don't get in the car with him, you know. That wasn't you that way. You remember that guy? Yeah. Did you ever get in the car with him? No. It was a bad meeting. It's funny. (laughs) Even now, no, even as I'm thinking about it, 
I'm kind of in, 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 in amazement because there was a lot of years that I lived there and I'm picturing that meeting and really never went back. It was, um, yeah, I didn't go over it. it was a pretty, and it was a pretty big meeting too, but uh, didn't it was like a terrible it. meeting. I think I saw Buzz Aldrin talk there. It was kind of across from the Ilakai, like Kitty Corner, across from the Ilakai. Wait, corner, what's that? Right? It was it was kind of on Alamoana Boulevard, across from the Ilakai, right? No, it was down at the other end of uh, Waikiki. The library. It was down. Yeah, the library, the Kapahulu Library meeting Kapahulu was library. on Kapahulu. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. But I was just thinking at that time that what's-his-name walked into that little meeting in Kahala that I was in, and everybody, like, I couldn't believe it. Richard Pryor, like, was at the door, and oh, people wow. were like, oh, my God, it's – and he was like, he just, like, freaked out and ran the other way. He, like, ran out, but, you know. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. Totally off off topic. But – well, we could get into, in the film, where I bring in movie stars who were dead, right? And unfortunately, a lot of them who died. Um, Amy Winehouse, um, Whitney Houston, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robin Williams. And they were dying when I was making the movie. I think, right, both of them, Amy Winehouse, um, when I was to look it up, but um, Whitney Houston had died earlier. But I didn't really know a lot about Whitney's story until much later when I went to a wrongful death uh, civil trial, and I don't really want to get into it here, but um, it's pretty dark, like some people who attach themselves to these famous people and they're too insulated for someone to kind of break through, and Amy Winehouse was too skinny, and she should have been like, she had no, you know, she died from withdrawal. She should have been tapering or been in a clinic and been given the proper medication to come off alcohol if she really wanted to be abstinent, which I kind of doubt it, but, oh, you know, see, those steppers... I'm not, fam- I'm not familiar with her story. Okay, I see where you're going with this. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's pretty bad. And then Robin Williams, you know, did really want to drink normally. And, and I found out when I, with him, with his death, I was pretty upset and found out that his wife at that time, you know, his last wife was a big stepper. She was a yeah. circuit speaker. So he's like fucking married yeah. with circuit no. speaker stepper. Like, uh, can you imagine the fights that, you know, if you wanted to drink, you know, and have a drink, yeah. and that you're married to someone who's still that brainwashed? Yeah. See, that's I don't a want to make any assumptions. Of, no, no, no. But that's a good, I think, example of 13th step power abuse in a way. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, see, and Robin Williams is that kind of powerful personality. I mean, just think about it. So it would take, like, that kind of other kind of power to just even be in the same ballpark of power dynamic. With You know, and, and actually, I don't know which psychologist said this, but one, one of the big ones did, said that in terms of communication, every conversation actually is sort of like a, a, a power kind of dynamic play. Every single conversation that we have with people is like, it's not, so an inquiry is a good word to use with it, you know? It's, you I know, don't know it's, if I agree with that. I mean, it can way. be, it definitely can be for sure, right? I mean, you can see that when you're... Word, inquiry, that's where, that's why I use the word inquiry. Like if it's balanced right. and healthy, it's, you know, it's kind of like a, a healthy ball game. You're throwing a ball back and forth. You know what That's I mean? right. That's right. Like, right. like that, like that way in terms of it. So think, so Robin Williams, right, powerful. But now that you told me that, so I had just found that out too about her being a stepper because I found out about the, uh, the, um, the, what you call it, the uh, Parkinson's, you know, just recently about the story. But that yeah. in the background, there was also that, you know, the um, his struggle with uh, with that and with Alcoholics Anonymous and the dogma, the dogma that goes with that, um, you know, that he was dealing with. But now that you know, he told me that that she was, she she had positions of power in that in that domain. Yeah, and it was kind of really ironic because I found myself at a very small gathering with a group of people and I only knew one 
and one was a very famous musician. And, you know, here we are in this house, this really, really beautiful house. And one of the producers of Robin Williams' last TV show, giving him a ride, is that right, Kevin? Like, he came to the party late, and he said that Robin just wanted to have a drink. Like, he just, like, I didn't hear it, like, I didn't read about it on, you know, some rag paper. There was somebody who really knew him and loved him and was just saying he just wanted to have, a, like, a drink, like like I do now. Like, I'll have a drink, right? I'll have, when I go out, yeah. it could be an old-fashioned or, like, and I don't, like, go down some, but he just wanted to do that. And so I, I learned that from someone who knew him really well. And it wasn't gossip and it wasn't made up. And, um, you know, and it was know really sad. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now that we know his story and and, yeah, really and what he was dealing with, why couldn't he? Why couldn't he have had? You know. Yeah, he, yeah, and, and <laughs> right, and then you find out that you know what what kind of, and I don't really want to talk terribly, you know, bad about somebody, but um, the other stories, like Philip Seymour Hoffman, went to a meeting, and somebody filmed him, and put it up on YouTube, like, and so people was like, oh, that didn't happen. I'm like, yeah, it did happen. Because yeah, I know people like that are so close to me, like whatever, that it is in secondhand news that he, they did it. And he he said, oh, I, you know, and, and it was totally humiliated because I guess he had used heroin again after many years and was beating himself up about it. And, you know, they're just so fucked up. Like that whole thing about somebody, I hate the words like flip, all, all the cult language, the special language. And if you're listening here new, I just want to talk out there to people that the special language, those are markers for a cult, all right? If, if you don't think AA is a cult, and my sister here just laid it out that, okay, we don't have a leader. Well, yeah, you do. You have a lot of leaders, okay, because she just mentioned the little the power stations, right, the individuals who take on that persona, but that the words like slip and they went out and, oh, they're drinking again, but the word drinking has so much, like, charge on it right it's not a normal word now and um so that this bullshit when someone says oh we had a drink what happened nothing happened oh well, the sky didn't fall no did you kill anybody no um did you have it wreck your car no are you okay did you go to work the next day yeah right so you had a drink oh you had two drinks so i mean poor philip seymour hoffman you know was sitting there with all that judgment and I think it's even worse for celebrities because either they get more ass-kissing or people are judging the shit out of them. You know what I mean? And then they go to those special meetings up in the hills, whatever. Um, I want to talk about Robert Kennedy, too. And we're going to talk about someone else who his wife um, – uh, and I think this is the one that you like. But I, And I loved him and his work until this whole thing happened was when his wife took her life. And – they had four kids, and he was th- threatening her that he was going to take away the children unless she got sober. And he's a stepper. You know, mm. he is he is an AA member and, and sober that way. And that story was horrific. And you could follow it. You could read it. They were interviewing the sponsor, was on TV. I was like, really? really? I didn't see this. I did not see this. Anyway, go ahead. God, that was many years this. ago now. Yeah. I can't even remember. Like, um, it was a while ago. But, um, you know, yeah, so these these people, and then there was the guy from Glee, you know, who died. Uh, I think he overdosed, or I can't remember if he took his own life or overdosed. But, you know, the, the one of the producers and then one of the actors, they were steppers, you know. Oh, and they said that they talked to him. You could just see them all sitting him down and telling him that, you know, he's just got to go this route and, he had a mother who kept sending him off to rehab, and of course it was always AA rehab. But I, I felt like you know, of course the movie did go all over the place, and people were like, well, if you just would have stayed on topic, Monica, you know, I mean, I had this group. First place that I, I, I screened it was in the south side of Chicago, in the church where Obama went. Wound up in a very small film festival. And I was really, like, I just was blown away by this group. And there were two people who decided, so I go, and, and we screened it. And the place was full, full of black 
you know, people who came to that church, and there was this guy in a suit, and he was like, "This, if you just would have stayed focused, Monica, on the, you know, the predators and everything, but you had to, like, make fun of it. You had to talk about the religious aspect, and it's this, and the, maybe it's a cult. And, you know, and I said, you know, you're right, but I couldn't help myself because as I went down the rabbit hole, I saw these problems, you know. As a stepper of 36 years, I think I did have the right to go down that rabbit hole. And um, and I did. And, uh, it's a pretty big rabbit you know, hole. Yeah, probably would have got a distribution or a bigger distribution if I could have stayed on topic with that. But I couldn't. And it's okay now. I don't care anymore. It's a pretty big rabbit hole. Yeah. I, I, it's too big. It's a miniseries, right? It's not one film. No, it's 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 really big rabbit hole, um, you know, because you know, like you and I have been talking, and you know, I was going down a rabbit hole on my own, and uh, even the one that I've gone down is uh, just filled with stuff that's, um, I God, I just don't even know where to start. But the way that I feel about it, like I was saying, was that it should not be. Um, involved in the courts at all because it's a faith-based program. That's what the book yes. says. Yes, the book says yes, it's a yes, yes. Faith-based program. And my feeling about it is that it was infiltrated um by the uh by somebody and must be the government because it's the government who is doing the court ordering. And so I had and uh, I ended up doing some uh some research just about when uh, the internet, you know, sort of opened up. And I, what I mean by that is when it stopped being dial-up. When it stopped being right. dial-up, just, just just before that, just before that, I I was in, was in, that the, in the to... area. It, um, so yeah, in fact, somebody was talking about this today on the um, in a podcast that I was listening to. That no, no, it was a live podcast. In fact, um, when that time period was me, and I can't. I'll look it up right now. Yeah, keep, go ahead, keep going. I'm gonna look it up right now. Yeah. Anyway, I ended up living in the in the area where Bill Wilson and Lois lived, and um, the property uh, that they lived in on was really kind of open, um, and uh-huh. kind of so was the house. Uh, and they had they had not hired an official archivist yet, um, and the little house where he wrote Twelve Steps and Twelve Traditions. The little cabin right. that was locked, but I could used to look in the window. And I was going to school right in the area. I used to go sit there and eat lunch right outside um, the cabin. And uh, right. I don't know why I always I always talk about that like it's just beautiful location. It's 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 silly because when I visualize it, I think the audience was the listening audience can see it with me, and they can't. <laughs> but, um, well, you can I paint the picture. See, Paint the picture. <laughs> we only have two minutes yeah. left, but we're going to paint the picture. Uh, it took over. I think it works. I, I Let me just say this to everybody. Tara, hold on a sec. Yeah. Hold on a second, because yeah. here's what happens to everybody listening. If she and I continue, if Sarah and I continue talking, um, you will you will all get dropped like you won't hear us anymore. I'm saying I have 90 seconds more. But what will happen is it does record it, and then later you can listen to it. You know what I mean? And, and then you can hear the ending of the show. But so maybe you could wrap it up. Go ahead, finish, tell the story. Can you say it oh, in okay. 90 seconds? <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'll just wrap it up by saying that um, I ended up doing research um, on the history of Alcoholics Anonymous and finding out things that <laughs> completely blew my mind. <laughs> so well, while you know, getting maybe to eat, eat well, we could do there. a show about that. The, you know, I think we should because you talked to, to me about it and we discussed that we should do a show about it. The stuff that you uncovered, and then the U.S. of AA guy, I want to have him back, Joe Miller, right? Because, Sarah, they did get the government right away. I mean, Howard Hughes was like brought it straight into the Senate. He brought it into Washington, and it was like, this is the answer. It's like he sounded like I did. Oh, my God, AA is the answer, right, for everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's – I think we have to do another show because – well, thank you for much so much for being a co-host and uh, okay. Well, thank you and, and interviewing me. And I, but I do think you brought 
10 seconds left. I'm going to finish this up because I want to just say this one more time because you really kind of have fit a piece of the puzzle that a lot of us had no answer. These people create mini power stations, the sponsors that have 25 people or 50 or even 15. That creates the little cult followings of individuals that keep it going in a sick way. It's a sick way. It shouldn't be like that. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you just make that up? Did it come to you or did you like – It just came to me. No, tonight it just came to me. But well, it fits in – it fits in with the um, with the uh, psychologist William James, um, and then there's another guy whose name is not coming right to my mind. Who's a very very important um, psychologist um, who influenced um, our current thought. Hey, hey. Oh, oh, uh, okay. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. And psychology and and religion, the religion of our times, and AA, I believe. That, um, yeah, and the family. Remember, I was telling you about the that, family. What that one of that one of um, that Doug told me about. Doug told me about this guy years and years and years ago. This guy whose name I can't think of right now. Oh God. Okay. Well, find out what it is, yeah. and then tell me, yeah. and then I can talk with that on the next episode. All right, everybody. Yeah. I want to thank you all for joining me. Thanks, Kevin. I see you in the queue listening. I want to thank everybody in the chat. We had a few. Uh, Fred was there, and also. Um, Kadrima was there, but it looks like she dropped off. So good to see you. Um, let's see, Bill Wilson has been to find you. Yeah, nice to see you, Fred. I hope all is well with you and Kadrima as well. Sarah, thank you for joining me tonight again, Kevin. And uh, we'll see you. Oh, oh, next week, yeah, I'm going to interview, I think it's Stephen Slate. We talked about having him on. So, All right, Sarah, I'll talk to you. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Thank you so much. Okay, good night. All right, everybody, good night again. I'm Monica Richardson, and you can see the film on Amazon Prime, Vimeo, and Tubi. So see you again. Bye-bye, guys.